All right. If you didn't like that, you know what Michael Jackson's favorite winter sport is? Ski. Okay. All right. Now that I have your attention, let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we've been talking about financial stewardship and what's great about like what Justin said. Now, obviously, if you want places to sow, TLC is a great place. Breaking bread is a great place. The Bible says that when you give to the poor, God repays you. That's pretty incredible. Um, and so we even as a church, we, you know, what, no matter what you give, we, we give as a church to, to that because I love that kingdom principle. I love that law. Now, I want to tell you something, tell you where we're at. We're in week seven of this. And I promised you that I was going to show you and tell you what PK and I do to uh, how we sow and how we believe and how that law works and all that. I'm going to do that next week. That will finish up and maybe it'll last two weeks after that or maybe I can get it all done in one week. But I'll show you uh, what we do and how uh, we have found the kingdom to be true every time. And I'll put it in a way that you can be like, I can do that. How many knows you can do it? I mean, I might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but if the kingdom of God is run by laws and I learn those laws, I mean, electricity has laws, doesn't it? If you learn the laws of electricity and you connect the right wires, Thomas Edison, you got light. We can learn the laws of the kingdom instead of just going through the darkness and saying, I don't know. Because what happens is we've been taught all along that God is so sovereign. He is sovereign, but not the way that we've been taught. You have a part to play. You have authority. He is God, yes. But you have authority to walk this thing out. But we've been taught all along that God just moves any way he wants. I like Brett today. I'll help Brett today. I like Cowboy Glenn. I'm going to help Glenn today. Um, and Tad's been okay. Where's Tad? I saw him here somewhere today. But, you know, he's back there with the baby. Okay. Well, because he's back with the baby, I'm not helping him today. No. <laughs> but God doesn't work that way. You've got to understand that God, listen to me now, God is love. You can't do anything that will make him not love you more. You can't do anything that would make him love you less. You do not have to earn something that you already have. So he doesn't do that. He doesn't just, well, hmm. Hmm. No, it, his kingdom is run by a king. He is the king, and it has laws that govern that, just like the United States has laws, just like uh, gravity has laws. Gravity works. If you don't believe in it, it still works. The kingdom of God is like that. There's people, I don't believe that. Okay, that's why it doesn't work for you. Because they'll ask me, how come that works for you? Because I believe that, because the word says it. So if I do what the word says, I get results. So we've been talking about Luke 16, the parable of the unjust steward. And so we're going to look at really another gospel. We're going to look at Matthew. And Jesus is talking about the Lord's Prayer. And he talks about fasting. We've talked about some of that stuff. But I just want to pull some things out. So he goes on in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And these are powerful statements. These are, you ever thought Jesus doesn't just say anything? Like you ever just say stuff just to talk? Jesus doesn't do that. 
The Bible even talks about what we, every word, every word that comes out of our mouth. That's kind of scary. Because I say some pretty stupid words sometimes. Or just like, you know, I'm not understanding, so I, I'll say that. I get myself in trouble. A lot of us do. Because we speak doubt. We speak unbelief. But these are powerful statements. So how do we lay up treasures in heaven? And we taught you that what God says, what are the true riches? People. People are the true riches. You give, you give your resources, you touch people's lives, and one day when you're in heaven, people will come by and thank you for the investment you made in their life when they reach heaven. So we take temporary money. We don't need money in heaven. The streets up there are made of gold. And we, we are good stewards with what God gives us, and we invest in the kingdom of God. And then that brings eternal blessing. So that's just one way. Giving to the kingdom financially is just one way to touch somebody's life. Just pointing out, we've been doing ministry for 30 years. I've never seen a U-hole being pulled by a hearse. You can't take it with you. If you store it here, it stays here. You understand? Everything that's left here eventually will be gone because one day we'll have a new heavens, new earth, but everything that's temporal will be gone. It'll be burned up because it isn't eternal. But if we invest in the future, we invest in the kingdom of God, we invest in people, it'll benefit throughout eternity. It goes on forever. So lay up your treasures in heaven. You touch people's lives, the funds that God has blessed you with. He trusts you, and he uses you as a funnel for more. Nobody can break into heaven and steal anything. We just read where your treasure is, your heart is also. Most people get that mixed up. They get it reversed. They think where their heart is, that's where their treasure will be. This says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Your heart follows your treasure. What do you treasure? So you can play a, a, that plays a part in the direction. So okay, if I know that, maybe I need a, a heart check. We need to keep God as our focus, God as our source, the kingdom as our treasure, not our material possessions. I have certain things I collect. If you go in my office, you'll find things that I grew up with. If you go into my barn at home, I got my workout stuff there. <clears throat> the kids got me, a, there's one in the office too. It's about this big, a Mr. Incredible doll. And you push on its belt and his mouth opens and he says stuff like, hey, just save the world. I wish you could keep it saved. And says all, but, but they got that for it, so it means something to me. I grew up with, I wasn't, uh, my kids grew up with Star Wars. I grew up with Star Trek. This kind of scares me that you amen that, but you know it's all <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, I grew up with that, you know, with the original Star Trek and all of that. Um, you know, grew up watching westerns with John Wayne, The Rifleman, Chuck Connors, my favorite TV series western, my favorite movie, Rocky Balboa. Absolutely, this is my wife Kimdrian. You know, so I have I have Rocky stuff. I so if I'm collecting stuff, stuff that I like, stuff that means something to me. But when it's all said and done, it's stuff. It's just stuff. 
One day I'm going to have a Starsky and Hutch Torino. I used to have one. I'll have another one. One day. I'm praying it in. Praying something else in now for another vehicle, but it's coming. Let me, let me help you. This is, this is law here in the kingdom. You sow where you want to go. Now you're thinking, okay, he's trying to pick, I'm not trying to pick your pocket. I'm telling you a kingdom principle. We've been in ministry, like I said, for 30 years. We were in a position one time, and this is what we made. The salary wasn't very much. We were on the welfare system. There are people that thought that was great. I personally did not like that. But that's the system we were on, and I was thankful for it. But there came a time when we said, we are not doing this anymore. And we started finding out things. Even this is before I met Pastor Gary and all of that. We just started saying, mm. and we, we decided by the Holy Spirit. How many, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, that's God. And he lives inside you. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because if you can, if in all this, is not, it's not scary. It's just speaking in tongues. And you can, you can talk and commune to God. The devil has no idea what you're talking about. And God can reveal, he can download mysteries to you. And that will all of a sudden come up in your thinking or in, in wherever. And he'll say, here, guess what? Here's where you're, you need to do this. It's just, it's an amazing, God has provided everything you need. So knowing that we had the Holy Spirit, we started praying. And Kim and I came to agreement, let's, this is what we made. And I don't really know how she did what we did, but God he did a miracle, and the house that we lived in was like we moved in in less than 30 days, and, and people were like, you'll never be able to do that, and you'll never get that house, yada, yada, yada. There we were. The Lord showed me a picture, gave me a dream, and showed her in front of, her, in front of the fireplace in that house on Christmas Eve, and she was. Sitting in front of the fireplace, glow from the fire going, boxes all around her, but we were there. When we got the house, we got it in less than 30 days, and people were like, I don't know how that happened, and we just, we just said, God. And when we got the house and it was final, my wife was like, get the mattresses. I'm like, what do you, honey, we don't have, she says, we got the house, that's ours, we have the key. I'm sleeping there tonight. So we got the mattresses and we got there. And Anyway, here's my point. We started sewing for what we believed at the time, well, that's where our mindset was, of what we wanted to make. It was way above the pay scale we were being paid. We didn't know how we were even going to do that other than just doing it. So we did it, and the budget, like, she had a, we went and got groceries. She was getting groceries, four kids now, getting groceries on $15 to $25 a week. And I don't think we missed a meal. She made everything fun. God did wonderful things. We had miracle after things started happening. People come. We had groceries put on our doorstep. Don't know how they got there. All that kind of stuff. Don't even know who did it. We never told anybody. We weren't telling anybody. We only got $15, $25. We don't have any phone. No, we didn't tell anybody anything because I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You either believe God or you don't. You either have to start understanding that he's going to be Lord of all or really he's probably not Lord at all. He is, you, you love him to a point. You want to see miracles, you got to take the step. 
you got to believe. We started seeing all kinds of things happen. And I'll tell you, as, just to play the story, go fast forward. I ended up, you know, by circumstances. And uh, God offered another position. And the Lord said, take it. And so we did. And people said, you just took it for money. And I'm here to tell you, I didn't even know what the salary package was. Didn't know. Didn't even ask. Because he said, take it. Guess what it was? It was the same amount we were sowing for. We didn't find that out until after the fact. I'm telling you this morning, you can sow where you want to go. If your faith is just like, I'll never have that. I'll never do this. I'll never see myself. You know why? Because you can't see yourself there. But God has something bigger for you. If you can see it, you can be it. Now, I'm not doing pie in the sky stuff. So please, let me pull this back down to reality. He's given you dreams, and some of you have given up on them. It's time to dream again. It's time to let God do what he wants to do through you. You see, we tied our hearts to our treasure. Because where your treasure lies. So if God was our treasure, my heart will follow that. The light of the body is the eye. The eye is single. The whole body will be full of light. The light, if the eye is evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. Matthew 6, and 23 says, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? What does it mean if it says your, your eye is evil and in some versions will say evil or is this one says bad? They're, they're meaning the same thing. What does... What does that mean? I'm telling you, people that are just about themselves, they're just in it for just what can I get? What's in it for me? What's it's all about what I, it's me, 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 mine, 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 mine. You pursue money. And you just are, you know, rich, anything rich, get rich quick, schemes, whatever. It's okay to have money. You just can't let money have you. But if you're chasing things that are not God, that is a bad eye. That is an evil eye. Because it will infect or effect the rest of your body. Your purpose. You know, we our, our catchphrase, live life on purpose. Your purpose will be off because you're off focus. You're off balance. Because you're not looking at the things that are important, the most important thing. You're looking at the things that will satisfy temporary. And God is about eternal. Don't make money your God. There's only one position for God in your life, and that's God the Father. That is El Shaddai. If you make money your God... He's a taskmaster. You can never get enough. You'll be like the hamster on the wheel that just... <laughs> and he gets off. He's in the same spot he was 20 minutes ago. I mean, he might have a little sweat on his little chubby cheeks, but he's not gone anywhere. He'll never be fulfilled. And the enemy will trick you 
into trying to live way beyond your means. I mean, we wanted so bad when my mom and dad were traveling around the United States in their motor coach. We were like, we're going to buy one. And I told you the story. Then we found out, well, if you're going to buy the kind that we wanted, we had to find a truck that would pull that. We didn't have the money for that. I don't know if we could have extended and went and got it or whatever, but whoo. But there was no peace with that. So some of you, let me just, let me just help You need to live where you are right now excellently for the kingdom and watch God grow you. Okay? Some of us, we want faith for this, but we're not doing anything for what we're doing now. And we're wondering why, well, God won't promote me. What are you doing with what you have now? Be a good steward of what you have now and you will see he'll bring more. Rest in contentment. Have I arrived? Never will arrive. When I get to heaven, I suppose that's when we'll arrive. But I just want to, you know, but just be, you ever found people, don't you love people that are just, they just rest and they're content with where they're at? It doesn't mean that they wouldn't accept more, but they're just like, man, God, you just take great care of me. We're just not worrying about that. It'll work out. I'm just giving that to the Lord. I'm, they're able to cast instead of contain. And when we contain, we get back into ourselves. I can, I can fix this. What if you can't? What if God's supposed to do that? 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. I want to be happy. I want to be content. You know how happy and content you can be if you're just in your lane? Doing what you love to do? Truth. True that. I worked when before Nucor was Nucor, Marion Steele. Does anybody remember when it was Marion Steele? Heaven help me. I worked there for nine or 11 months. Something like that. I think 11 months. That was a tough job. I absolutely, and I, this word doesn't even do it justice, hated it. <laughs> Loathed it. I couldn't go to sleep at night because I knew if I went to sleep, I had to wake up and go to work. And I'm a worker. I'm not a city around on my buddy guy. I'm going to get up and got to do things and... I mean, you know, absolutely loathe it. And before, I was working at the fitness center. And that was three days a week. That was full-time, three days a week. It was 12-hour days. But I absolutely loved that job. And I got this job at Marion Steel. And then the fitness center said, hey, would you be interested in managing a spa? And I said, Absolutely. And uh, they said, well, we've got something that's going to come up in the next few months. We've been watching you. And, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to you. And I, I, so I kept my fitness center job. So I worked at the steel. And my boss let me come into part-time at the fitness center so I could keep the job. Now, I was a dust collector man at Marion Steel. So I, I just looked brown and black all the time. You couldn't get all the dust off me. I mean, I'd scrub and scrub and scrub. 
hated that job. Trained six people. They all quit within two weeks. They're like, I ain't staying in this place. You're an idiot. <laughs> Thanks so much. There goes your Christmas present. So anyway, that's what I was dealt with. Then the spa called and said, hey, we have, a, we have an, an opening. It's in another town. Would you take it? I said, absolutely. So I gave him a two weeks notice at the steel, went to the fitness center, never done it before. I mean, I've worked there, but never managed one. Asked God what to do. I really wasn't following God very much. I was a believer, but not a strong believer, if you know what I'm saying. I didn't really understand anything other than I think I squeaked through under the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, when I met PK, the only thing I wanted to do, by the time I was 30, I was going to be Mr. America. That was my, I was a competitive bodybuilder. That was my, that was my goal. So when she met me, she knew what she was in for. At least, of course, she changed all that. <laughs> but God changed that. So she was just in agreement with God. That's how agreement works, guys. Uh, but anyway, so I went to this fitness center, and they were, there was 21 spas at the time. And this one was 19 and 20 on the list of 21 and 21. So it's down to the bottom three. It had been there for quite a while. And God gave me favor. Now, I didn't understand kingdom principles at all then. I look back now and think about what the Lord did. And he told me different things. I, I just, you know, I didn't even know if I realized it was him. But inside a year, we were in the top five. And they were like, what is he doing? And now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I, I didn't know anything I know now. But what I did know is I needed to take care of people and value them. And that's what I did. I just valued them. When they came in, I, I was kind of like cheers. Everybody knows your name. Norm! I'm like, hey, Bill. Hey, great to see you. Hey, thanks for coming in today, man. He'd look back at me and go, Please, great, yeah, woo, woo, you know, and he'd bring, he'd bring his buddies in, and they'd say, hey, you got to meet this guy, and so they'd meet me, and we'd talk, and they'd say, hey, can you make me out a workout program? Yeah, I can make you out a workout program. I'll tell you what, here's two weeks free. I could do that, because I was the manager. Why don't you just come and try it out? If you don't like it, don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. No pressure. I won't even talk to you if you don't want to talk about it. Sweet. So they'd come in, and I just, I was just signing everybody up. I had my workers sign everybody up. I told my workers, do what I'm doing. And my workers were like, okay. And we were in the top three. They sent their executives to our fitness center. What are you doing? They started telling everybody, you have to do what he's doing. Some people, you know, I don't know how they accepted that or what they. Listen to what I'm telling you. You, may, you want to make a connection with God, care about his things that are most important, people. And I was making people feel important because I, I really felt that they were important. It wasn't a facade. It wasn't me not being. How many knows you can tell somebody fake right away? If somebody doesn't really like you, you can tell they're fake. If somebody's just pushing or selling something, you can tell. But if somebody literally says, hey, let's. Let's change that. They'd have something happen. Hey, let's change that exercise. I, that's not going to help you here. I found something else that will help you a little better. And they'd be like, that's awesome. Why? 
because I'm on a mission. I'm trying to remember how I started this whole story and why. <laughs> but basically, I know why I started. I, I didn't like the Marion Steel. I was miserable. But when I got this job, guess what they paid once a month? Once a month. Once a month is tough. And it was a commission-based job. You got a little, now as a manager, but it, I'm telling you, it was like, so I was motivated, but it wasn't just for financial, but it was like, I loved what I did. I literally, I never got up, never got up, never got up and said, I hate going to work. I got to wear sweatpants, cool shoes like this. A polo shirt, and I looked good in it. Not like now. No, I break that in Jesus' name because she'll tell me, you should not say that, so I should not say that. So, but I loved helping people. I loved their success. It made me happy to see them succeed. It made me happy every month when I'd take their measurements. They're like, I gained an inch and a half on my chest and a quarter inch on both arms. Man, they'd high five, we'd fist. I'm like, that's awesome. I'd be like, that's great. They because they had success. Listen, if you can rejoice when others succeed, your heart is good. Because it's not about you. I didn't realize, but God was training me. He was training me. I feel like the karate kid. I feel like, remember Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith when I don't know what his name was in the movie, but he kept saying, jacket on. And he'd put his jacket on. Jacket off. I took my jacket on. And then he found out he was actually, all these things he thought he was doing for something else, he was learning something. That's what God was doing. He was teaching me all along the way. I've had people that got upset because you helped them. But the money that you gave them, it wasn't crisp and clean and new. Now you look at me like, huh? It's happened. If you're going to bless me, you need to bless me with brand new bills. You need to go to Lowe's and get a ladder. You can get over that. Because it's still worth the same. You know, I'm just trying to help. There's people that are out there that everything they have, it must be the latest model. It must be the latest cell phone, the latest this, the latest. Everything's got to be trendy. Everything, jewelry, clothes, shoes. And the world plays on that. They entice you with that. When you're a kid, we grew up on commercials. How many kids love commercials because around Christmas, that's how you knew what you wanted. Commercials and catalogs. We didn't have internet. So we, man, we were just like, oh, we want this, we want that. They want you emotionally involved. Now, I'm not saying every home builder or every car dealership does this, but if you go to a car dealership or, a, or somebody that builds, they want you, that's why they build those homes or they have those, hey, take it for a test drive. There's nothing wrong with taking it for a test drive because if you're going to buy it and spend that kind of money, you might want to know if you like it. So I'm okay with that. But they want to grab you emotionally. Not everybody, but there are some because if you get emotionally attached, you must have it. I, I just know how I felt when I smelled the real leather. 
when the radio had a Bluetooth and it talked. I got in and the door was open and the car said, your door is ajar. <laughs> and you get emotionally attached and then you start seeing yourself. Now, there's nothing wrong with having nice things, but you have to ask God, is this something that I need to do? Is this something that you want me to do right now? Any major decision financially, we are both involved. Now, I don't go to the store and tell her, don't you buy the diced tomatoes, you buy the crushed. I don't care what kind of, I don't think, I don't really think God cares whether you buy Heinz or, or Smuckers. I mean, I, I think that's just your, your choice. I don't want you to take this too far, but I'm just saying there's power in agreement. There's, it's, it's okay to see things. Imagine things. I'm off my notes, but I'm just going where the Holy Spirit's telling me to go. Kim and I, when we didn't have two nickels to rub together and we're bankrupt, listen to me, and we're on Medicaid. I'm not, is that Medicaid? Welfare? Whatever that is. Welfare. Okay. We went in to model home. Just a dream. Just a dream. The people were very kind, and I just told them, Can, we just want to go in and imagine. We just want to sit here and say to ourselves, someday we'll get out of this. Someday we'll have a house like this. We, we're already past that someday. God has already brought that to pass. But you have to see it. And you have to understand how to steward what you have. I mean, everybody would want the newest, latest model. We don't always need it. Sometimes you just get blessed with it, and you have to learn how to say thank you. I get that. I'm not saying it's wrong to have it. I'm just saying, just listen. Remember, nice things are great. Just don't let them have you. I believe God, it's his, the Bible says it's his pleasure to bless you. He gets pleasure out of blessing me. I you know, I can't really, I mean, the only way I can relate to that, I love to get my kids stuff. I love to get Kim's stuff. I love to just buy her stuff. Sometimes I just buy her stuff just because. No birthday, no nothing, just because I just want to bless her. Or we just want to bless the kids for this or that or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, and I believe that is an image of the Father. Most of us don't like this, but did you know that patience is a fruit of the Spirit? The God that lives in you, you have patience. And you say, no, I don't. It's there. It might not be activated, but you got it. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 12, the last part of that says, faith and patience inherit the promises. Because sometimes when we sow and we believe and, and we're doing all that, it doesn't happen right away. You want it to, but you got to be patient. you got to still believe that you receive when you Pray, according to Mark eleven twenty three and 24. It just hasn't shown up yet. You ever hear this? The one with the most toys. When you die, wins. <laughs> that's not true. I don't want to base a man's life on stuff because that stuff will all get burned up someday. You know, this is what I want. 
I want to have depth so that people, my children, will see the trail blazed. And my children's children will see God from their pops. Jesus said, Luke 12, 15, take heed and beware of covetedness, for one's life does not consist in abundance of things he possesses. 1613 of Luke says, no servant can serve two masters. He either will hate the one, love the other, or he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve mammon, meaning money, or the spirit that rests on money. You know, money is what you do with it. If I send it into the kingdom, then I break off the spirit of the demonic spirit that wants to control. How many knows the society in our world today is controlled by money? God is not in recession. You know, sometimes we look and we have to change our mindset sometimes. Now, we're good stewards, but sometimes don't we? And I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. But if you look at a gas station and they're saying gas right here is $389 and just two blocks down it's $314, you probably want to go to the $314. I think that's fine. But what if you can't get to the $314? Are you going to get consumed by the $389? Our mindset would be like, oh, no. I don't think God is up in heaven going, oh, oh, Brett, please go to 314. If you don't go to 314, I don't think God's doing that because it's my mindset on that. I think if I can do that, I think that's good because I'm a good steward. But if I can't, I'm not going to lose sleep because do you know that God is never in recession? God is never of lack. This, now listen to me, this isn't a mindset, this is a heart set. This, all this giving is about your heart. Money isn't evil, the love of it is. God needs to be your master, not money. Reject covetedness. That's not even a fun word to say. It's kind of hard. Covetedness. The dictionary says this. A strong wish to have something, especially something that belongs to someone else. The Bible is clear about thou shalt not covet. From stuff to people. Colossians 3.5 says, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetedness which is idolatry. Let me make this clear. If you are wanting or lusting after something and it comes in front of God, it's idolatry. In other words, that's most important. That's what you want. That's what your mind is on. You want stuff more than anything else, more than God, more than anything. Don't put anything in front of God. There are people that will take jobs just because of the salary package. And again, I'm just telling you, Kim and I, we didn't even know the salary package. We took it because the Lord said, take it. The other stuff was just details. Now, you, you might laugh and go, oh, right. It really doesn't matter if you think I'm, I, I, I don't, I'm just telling you how it was. We just like, he said, take it. That's good enough for me. 
But if we move just for money or we do something just for money, let's say you move, what about the area? Is it safe? What about the family? Will they be okay? What about their friends, the relationships, the schools? Are they good? Are you going to homeschool? What are you going to do? You have to start saying, God, if, if I'm in charge of certain things, then 12 through 23 of Luke 12, well, 12, 22, and 23, he said to his disciples, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, nor about the body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Now, I want you to hear me because this will change your life if you catch it. It goes with Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you look before that in Matthew, it'll tell you what the things are. What you eat, what you wear. (coughs) What God is saying, instead of working just to provide for you, what if you just lived to give? What if you just said, God, this is all yours. What do you want me to do? I mean, it's like on a bloom where you're planted. That could be true. Could you, could you bloom? Isn't that, I mean, let's think about it. Isn't that what Joseph did? Isn't that what David did? Minding sheep, tending them, fighting off lion and bear. That's where he was put. What if you would take what God gives you so serious that he is, God is one. He is number one. And you seek him first. Ephesians 4.28 says, let him who stole, who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to, to give him who has need. Basically, that's saying you're working so that you can bless other people. And God will provide for your needs as you seek him. Seek the kingdom first because the word says, that's what he says, he takes care of my needs because I put God first. His word says that. So it's not like, look what I did. I put him first. That's why it works. I put him first because the word says put him first. Do you get the difference? It's not just because I did it because that's self-righteousness. If I put it on my action, faith without works is dead. True. But we have to understand because the word is ultimate truth, I obey the word and because the is true that's why that works because I put my hand to it he blesses the work of my hands because his word says he will so that's why I believe it God wants to take care of you the Bible says to take no thought for our own needs so if we're going to live to give how do we do that take no thought there's nothing wrong with having a budget I get it but put God first. I have people that I help get out of debt, and I'd help them, and they'd be like, okay, here's a tithe. Well, let's, let's pay all this other stuff and then see if there's anything left. That's not putting God first. Give it to him first. There's so many things that we could go into. But if we seek God first and we give to him first, the other things are taken care of. It's a hard issue. We just have to trust him. Take no thought. Luke 12, 24 and 26. Consider the ravens. This is talking about birds. They don't sow or reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to a stature? If then you're not able to do the least, why, why are you anxious for the rest? 
Let's keep reading. Go on to 27 through 31. And the lilies, how they grow. They toil or spin. They don't do either of that. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any one of these. If God closes the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink or have anxious mind for all these things the nations in the world seek after. And your father knows that you need them. Seek the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. He's just spelling it all out. Seek me first. You know, and I'm not doing a teaching on tithing, but it's in the New Testament as well as the Old. But, you know, even Cain and Abel, everybody, oh, Cain and Abel. You know, the Bible says that one brought the first, the fat, the first. The other brought in the, in the process of time, Cain brings stuff. And God honored Abel's instead of Cain's. Because his heart, God, you're first. He didn't have to wait to see how it showed up. Solomon was the richest man that ever lived. He had more money than Donald Trump. Than a billionaire, a trillionaire, or a gazillionaire. He was the richest. And he always will be. God wants to bless you. If you seek him first, he'll bless you more than you could ever dream. So this is my question today. How do we take no thought? That's a tough one. Because our brains sometimes, I don't know about yours, but in the past, mine has done some stinking thinking. How do we keep them from becoming actions or desires if they're not following the kingdom? It says, take no thought. Listen to what I'm saying. Take no thought, and this is what the Bible says, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. You don't speak them. You don't speak every thought that you get, do you? If you do, that ain't good. You know what that's like? That's like squeezing the toothpaste out of a tube and then trying to put it back in. It's not going to go. If you speak them, you give them assignment. Don't speak thoughts that go away from the word. If you don't want them to dominate you, then you don't speak them. Don't speak unbelief. Faith is voice activated. I've taught you that. So is unbelief. Life and death are in your mouth. 1821 of Proverbs. Death and life are... Are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Take no thought saying. So if you don't repeat it, if it doesn't line up with the word, it doesn't go anywhere. Get rid of it. Cast it. Don't speak your doubt, your unbelief, your worries, your cares. Speak your faith. 23 and 24 of Mark, we talked about it before. I say to you, I Say to you, this is Jesus talking. Whoever, whoever, are you whoever? Here's the next word. Whoever, and you can read it, says. Whoever says. It doesn't say whoever thinks. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, it's Jesus, he's not saying God's saying it. He's telling who? You. You are to say it. Does not doubt in his heart, believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore i say to you 
Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Quit saying things you don't want. Have people come up praying and they'll say, well, I just need you to pray for my allergies. You want to call them yours? Get rid of them. Do you believe you receive when you pray? If you say to this mountain, you speak faith. You don't speak doubt. And this is what people do. Well, I, this is what's happening, and I still feel this. this. Listen to me. Listen to me. This isn't about what you feel. In the five sense realm, in the natural realm, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, what you feel, that is the realm the enemy works you on. It's not the realm that we're dealing with now. I mean, you're dealing with it, but your answer is in the spirit realm. And you got to get your spirit answer into the natural realm, and you can't do it by speaking doubt because it won't come with doubt. You're, you're double-minded and you won't receive it. You have to speak what is past what you feel, past what you see, past what you hear, past what you smell, past what you taste. You have to get what's yours by the grace of God knowing he is the authority. And he gave it to you. Go get it. And what happens is, is we whine and we beg and we complain because we don't feel it happening. I am not the best at this all the time. Sometimes I'm better than others. But I have went to do hospital visitation with my back out, walking like Tim Conway the whole way. <laughs> and I'm telling myself, by his stripes, I'm healed. I was healed. First Peter 2.24. People would come up. I don't even know them. Can I help you, sir? Don't touch me. Get away from me. And I'm just like, you know, I'm praying. You, know, you need to sit down. You need to... Leave me alone. And you know, that was painful. But I kept putting pain, you will go. Pain, you will leave. Muscles, you will. Swelling, you'll go down. Every nerve, every vertebrae in my body, you line up with the word of God. Pain. And I just began. And you know what? I chased it off. Why? Because I went into the spirit and pulled it back into the natural. And it manifested. You see, sometimes there's a time from the time we say amen, which means so be it, till the time that it shows up. And it's in that time, in the meantime, what you do with your mouth. There's some people, they can't keep their mouth. I'll tell you something. They're just looking for an opportunity to work their neck, snap their finger. And I'll tell you. You ever met people that, man, they're, they're great as long as you agree with them. But if you don't agree with them, whoo <laughs> Somebody let the floodgate out. Discipline. Self-control. Not so easy, but very valuable. You don't have to beg God for what he's already done for you. There's, you know, do you know sins you haven't committed? We just heard this yesterday in a podcast. Sins you haven't committed, he's already forgiven you. He's already died for them. And people are like, that's blasphemy. When you got saved, when did Jesus die? Today? 2,000 years ago. He already died for them. 
That's not blasphemy. It's already been done. He's not going to go to the cross again. If it's not your thought, don't say it. Speak in faith and confidence and belief what the word says. I don't get my needs met by begging. And I don't focus on my needs. And that's hard. I focus on God. I cast that over to God. And then I let him do it. And when the enemy comes in and says, what are you going to do, Brett? There's bills to pay. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? I don't know. Why don't you go to God? Because I gave those to him. You start just letting, I can't answer that. That's not in my lane. That's his. If I can quote my daughter, not my circus, not my monkeys. I love that saying. She's like, I, I should have never told you that. I've used it like about 10 times now. So what do you, I'm saying you be the steward. God's the owner. He knows what you need. But you have to be a good steward with what he's given you. And you have to keep him before you. You have to keep him number one. You have to stay focused on him. And you got to watch your mouth. I don't know if they still say this, but God's got the 411 on all you need. They still say that? Today they do. He meets all my needs. That's what he says. And he'll meet all yours. Some people tell me this. They'll say, well, it doesn't work for me. I tried it. They'll try it one time. This is a hard issue. Because if you try it one time and it doesn't work, I'm not tired and I tried it one time. In your mind, it's still your money then. It's not yours. Even if I wanted it to be, it's not mine. I, I'm just the steward. I have people all the time saying, oh, I don't know. I used to get into this and I'm sorry for it. I really am. I've asked the Lord to forgive me. I think I've even asked you guys before too, but I'm going to say it again. I've had people here speak and many of them all told me the same thing. Wow, this town is not like... The town they're in. Like, no duh. I was talking to somebody the other day that said they called Marion Pajama Town. I said, Pajama Town? And they said, Have you been to Walmart? <laughs> Enough said. Okay, I understand. I understand. If God is God, he's God here as he is wherever their town is. And he is looking for people like you and people like me that will say, you can have your way here. I'm going to make this happen. You tell me what to do, boss, and I'll do it because you are number one. So when people come and say, well, you can't have that because it's Marion, Ohio, you hide and watch because we will. I'll see this, and I need you to see it with me. I see this place packed, people waiting to get in. The wings out here on these, were, all these are filled as well. Multiple, not because of Kim or I, but because God's presence is here, and people are finding truth. 
and it's setting them free. You know, the best form, I had somebody ask me the other day, what, how do you advertise? I, I need help in that, I guess. I mean, we probably need, my social media skills are, they're not good. But I have people that are better at that than me. But my point is this. I don't think you can get better advertising. I don't care if it's on globally on TV. I think the best advertisement is change a life. You change a life for the kingdom of God and it will take legs and walk. People find out the truth in the kingdom that Jesus loves them and he died for them and they are to be well and healed and in the right mind and walking prosperous. That will bring people because people say what is happening and we just point it's just God come on in Kim follows Karen Wheaton I don't know if you know who Karen Wheaton is but I had her speak once at a church we were at and I'd, I've been I'd love to get her to come here great woman of God has a great youth drama team I'd love to get all them here just to fire up our youth it'd just be awesome not that they're not fired up but she has a podcast that says something about the front porch and and she has I don't know how many thousands of followers that she'll just be like come sit on the porch let's talk about God because that's the number one thing on her agenda God you know, we had Audrey Mack here. That's definitely the number one thing on her agenda, God. We've had Jerry Savelle here, God. We've had Gary Cassie here, God. We had Carmen here, God. This isn't about us. It's about him. But he's looking for people like you and like me who will invest in the kingdom, who will live to give, here's the thing and I'm going to pray when they had to take the promised land if you remember when they're they're carrying everything over the waters and I told you this it's at flood stage it's it it's you know it's deep it wasn't until the priests put their foot out the water stopped split dried they walked across Because the word says, would you do what the word says? That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people that will just say, I'll do it. And if you'll do that, this isn't a, a gimmick. I'm just giving you truth. I'm not changing my story. I'm not going to go back. And This is what we do. This is how we live. And we have determined to give more. I don't know how all that's going to look. But that's it. It's now it's like, what should we give? Can we give more? What can we give? As a church, we're looking at, I want to give more. I want to do more. We want to do it in the realms of whatever God is telling us. Yes. I want to give to the right places. I had to make adjustments in my own self and in our church. That in my mind were embarrassing. So, but I, if the Lord said it, I'm like, 
Again, I'm the steward. So I'm, I made the phone calls. And I remember talking to the person. I said, this is going to seem really silly. And they said, try me. Which I'm sure they've heard of. And I said, here's what we've been doing as a, as a church. But I feel the Lord wants us to do this. I, I really don't have an explanation except that we've done this large amount for years. And he has brought me back to this. Because when I did this, I just did it. I just thought, that's something I'm supposed to do. I didn't really ask. I mean, it's not bad. You can't outgive God, and he's always blessed us. But he said, do this. And then he's got plans for the difference. So that's what we're going to do. So we can now put some money and bless some other people. I don't have an answer for that. It's just obedience. I don't always do everything right. But listen to me. My heart was good. And it wasn't wrong. It just, he is redirecting things, which is okay. The guy on the other end of the phone said, I'm so with you. He said, we've had to do the same thing. And it's, it's okay. Matter of fact, he said, this is what I appreciate. He said, I appreciate your integrity and your honesty. Because I said, I just need to explain I don't want the enemy to have a foothold to imagine, you know, people, oh, I think that this, no, this is what's happening. And I hung out up and I told PK, I said, man, am I glad I, I explained, but God just put my heart at ease and I had peace that flooded my spirit. There's no price tag for that, guys. You got to do what he says. Not because of your act, but because of your obedience to the word doing what he says. Does that make sense? You've got to understand how that works. If you base it on you, it's self-righteousness. Because then you say, I deserve this. You know, if we all got what we deserve, it wouldn't be good. But we, we do this because the word says it. And when we do what the word says, the blessing is on that. Because your heart is now not focused on you, but on him and what he deems important. And because you deem important what he deems important, he's going to trust you to funnel things through you. That's how it works. Next week, I'm going to show you what we do, which is going to be in line with what I'm just telling you. But I'll spell it out. I'll even probably have it numbered out for you. But uh, together, together, we'll see the kingdom become real in our lives. And people will say, what is going on? And the Bible says that signs always point to things that are bigger than them. We just point to Jesus. Well, I just found truth. I found kingdom law. I started doing it. This is what he did. I've had people that made way more than me. And they'd be asking me, how is that happening? That's what we would do. We would just be like, they would make thirty dollars and $40,000 more a year than I was ever. But see, it wasn't about that. It was just about us being the vessel. We just point. We just point. I, I don't know how we ever got the Urban Shoots house. I mean, many of you have been with me for a long time. We had harvest parties out there. 
people go by that house, take pictures of it. I just started the church. I don't know how we got that. I really don't outside of him because the church hadn't even been in existence. I mean, it just got started. And then people say, that's never going to happen. And we'd be like, oh, he wants us to buy it. So, And we were looking at each other like, oh, how are we going to do that? He just said, just. So we put our hand to it. The rest was history. We had over, I think one time we had 225 people or something at a harvest party out at our house. We were parking them in the side yard. And uh, remember the one kid fell in the pond and somebody dove in the pond, went and got him? That was fun. <laughs> Dinner and a show. <laughs> we just had great times. I mean, but it's because of the blessing of Jesus. You know what's an adventure? Living for the kingdom. If you live to give, <laughs> you better fasten your seatbelt because he's going to just bless your socks off. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please?